on personal identity in Kenya. Of setting up a society of credibility and integrity. Of giving identities to invisible citizens. This is not a case of random nations choosing to implement newer technologies for the benefits of their people. It is a defined, although rather covert, global agenda, the finer details of which are buried in the often vague bureaucratic language of the UN 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. Kenya, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, Venezuela, China, France, Iraq and the Philippines are a few of the countries who have stated their objectives and who are leading the way in implementing biometric identification for its citizens tied in with access to the economic system and private and public services. In fact, even certain states of countries, trade organisations, charities and even the European Cycling Federation of all things have objectives which tie in with these global goals for the year 2030. On another front, biometric data collection is also in widespread use by the UNHCR, who has been busy registering millions of stateless refugees in a global biometric ID database for people fleeing from civil wars and persecution in places as diverse as Chad, Syria, Ecuador, Uganda and Myanmar. Such registration makes them eligible to receive financial and medical assistance, employment possibilities, housing options and to participate in other UNHCR schemes, such as resettlement or repatriation. The rhetoric is always that being without an ID, specifically a biometric ID, means that you're without an identity and you won't be able to access what the system is offering. As one of the Congolese refugees put it, I can be someone now, I am registered globally with the UN and you'll always know who I am. Other countries which have recently introduced biometric payment cards and systems include France, Japan and Italy. With biometric payment cards predicted to be generally rolled out globally this year, starting in the UK and Europe with hopes that, in the future, biometric payment cards could be used as state, city or national IDs as well, by providing both a picture and a fingerprint as ways to authenticate the cardholder. And this is not to mention India, which has over 1 billion people registered in its Aadhaar biometric identification system, and which is now being used together with fingerprint sensors in point-of-sale technologies to enable people to use simply their fingerprint to interact with business and government in addition to ATM transactions. The emphasis by one of the leading companies pushing biometric payment options, called Fingerprints, focuses heavily on making the process of registration an experience, fun and something to get excited about, and offering a range of registration scenarios that cater to all demographics and make sign-up as all-encompassing as possible. While most Western countries continue, for the time being, to use a more sophisticated rhetoric to appeal to people's perceived sense of free choice in the matter, at least the Gambia is being a little more frank about its position towards biometric data control. 
We want to make that very clear for everyone living in this country. We have rules and regulations that people have to follow. We want everyone to follow the due process to get every Gambian registered. Be a good citizen and enroll now. As we move closer to 2030 and the UN deadline for this registration process, we're pretty confident that we'll start seeing a lot less incentives and cajoling and a lot more open warnings and threats as incentives for people who have thus far resisted the change. This pattern of incentives and financial discounts for services if people sign up is evidenced the world over, but there is always a cut-off point for when it becomes mandatory, and the same thing will happen with this biometric linked payment technology and eventually the microchip implant. Adding to the global and covert nature of this agenda, there is the anecdotal evidence that the state transport system in New South Wales, Australia started to use a global number for their employees in 2017. And in Argentina, when you top up the credit on your RFID chipped transport card, the receipt includes your global identification number. These biometric technologies are underpinned by what is called the blockchain, as well as being ever more submitted to the control of artificial intelligence. In China we see the portent of the future where the internet in China acts as a real-time, privately run intelligence service. Thanks to a massive police surveillance apparatus powered by big data and artificial intelligence, where President Xi Jinping has set the goal to achieve global leadership in this high-tech area by 2030. Saudi Arabia is also investing heavily in AI and its utilization across both the public and private sector, going so far as to give citizenship to an artificial intelligence-powered robot named Sophia, which in Greek means wisdom. Interestingly, Sophia is also the first non-human to win a UN award. To champion the UN's 2030 Sustainable Development Goals in Asia and the Pacific. As the saying goes, he who has the information has the control. And here we have two despotic world powers vying for this control of knowledge and wisdom in the touted knowledge-based economy of the fourth industrial revolution. This is just a small sampling of information regarding what is happening with advancing the biometric cashless agenda that is propelling us towards the literal fulfillment of prophecies about the mark of the beast. As you can see, we are not in the realm of speculation anymore. We are witnessing with our own eyes the implementation of a global system that ties to it each individual and that proclaims that without this registration of our biometric information as a personal identifier, we shall not only be cut off from access to services and society, but we are not even going to be considered as having an identity as a person at all. This is already the case in China, where if you dare to criticize the government or commit a host of other offenses, including the most trivial, you risk lowering your social credit score, being cut off and blacklisted, put on a list of dishonest persons, and banned from public transport, air travel, educational opportunities, and in some cases, even having your pets confiscated. 
the nations of the world are already falling over themselves to offer up their citizens in obeisance to this artificial intelligence-run beast, enumerating people as if they were mere data stats. So we are already seeing an inkling of fulfilment of Revelation 17, 13 to 17. These kings of the world have stolen what rightfully belongs to all, told us they own it, and then force us to abase and enslave ourselves to their rules in order to receive some kind of material benefit. But these unjust stewards and their management are coming to an end. But we must remember that to God, we are not a number. He is aware when a sparrow falls to the ground, and aware of every hair on your head. He doesn't need a number to classify us, or to know the truth about us or to know what we need in order to survive and thrive as spiritual beings. Only an entity that is not omniscient, such as Satan and all his puppet governments, needs you to give it this information, whether through subtle manipulation or outright extortion. We are already fully known to God, even if we are not fully known to ourselves. To discover who we are, our true identity, and live fully and in complete freedom, we do not need a unique identifying number, but we must enter into a paradox, where we first give up everything that we think provides us with opportunity or that defines us as an individual. Material wealth, worldly ambitions, family ties, our sense of self. We simply cannot enter into this new life until we have stripped ourselves clean of all the appendages the world has hung on us since the day we were born. There's no other way. We must be born again through forsaking our old man. Once we have forsaken all these things, Christ has promised us that he will guide us into a truth that will set us truly free, along with a promise from our Heavenly Father that as long as we continue along this path, our material needs will be met. This is the only way out of the destruction that is coming upon the earth. This way out does not guarantee us physical survival. We must be willing to give up this mortal life for the sake of the eternal one, which is based on eternal, immovable principles. But our faithfulness to these eternal principles comes with it a reward of a new name and a new identity in Christ that will be the true identifier of who we really are as spiritual beings. We serve an omniscient God who knows us to the very division of our bone and marrow, and who was willing to die so that we may have life. And we know that liberty in the kingdom to come is worth whatever price we may have to pay in the short term through not compromising to this temporary material-based system. And what about you? Are you going to try and save your present life and identity in exchange for trinkets and temporal comfort? Or give up your present system identity and worldly life to receive a new identity in harmony with the all-powerful creator of the universe? Why not choose life and genuine freedom rather than accept these slick tricks that are only leading into further spiritual darkness and destruction?